My name is Dr. Joshua Knapp. I'm a board-certified clinical psychologist and 21st century Christ follower. Early in life, I experienced overwhelming psychological suffering, which led me down a path of wandering away from the Christian faith in my adolescent years, reminiscent of the lost son in Luke's gospel, returning to my Christian heritage in my early 20s, my own psychotherapy in my mid-20s, and ultimately a life committed to understanding and pursuing psychological and spiritual health as I now head into the middle years of my life. Please join me as we devote each week to better understanding secular and Christian perspectives on mental health and the intersection between psychology and Christianity. Then engage in a 10-minute practice to conclude each episode drawing upon Christian meditation, prayer, and contemplation. Above all else, my aim in this podcast is to journey with fellow Christ followers, as well as those who are curious about the rich heritage of Christian psychological and spiritual insights into the human condition, doing so with humility and curiosity as we strive to cultivate Christ-likeness in all we do. Hi, I'm Dr. Joshua Nab, and welcome to the 40th episode of The Christian Psychologist. In this episode, I'd like to talk about one of the most important topics in mental health, psychological flexibility, especially for 21st century Christ followers, in our ability to be open, centered, and engaged, and flexibly shift, as needed, from an earthly to spiritually-minded perspective to cultivate and maintain mental and spiritual health. This topic, psychological flexibility, has been written on and researched quite a bit in secular clinical psychology in the 21st century, which can provide us with much-needed insights as we humbly strive to navigate the roads of life in a fallen, broken, often dimly lit world. With this introduction in mind, to get us warmed up here, I'd like to ask a few preliminary questions then offer several opening quotes before discussing a short personal story and psychological and Christian views of the topic. So what is psychological flexibility? What are its ingredients? Why is it necessary for mental and spiritual health? What happens when we as humans are not flexible, are rigid and inflexible, psychologically speaking? What techniques can be used to improve psychological flexibility? What, if anything, does the Bible have to say about the topic? How might, from a Christian perspective, psychological flexibility help 21st century Christ followers to improve their mental and spiritual health? And finally, what might classic Christian spiritual writings have to say about the topic, and how can they inform this conversation? So before turning to a personal story to get things going, I'd like to offer a few opening quotes about the importance of psychological flexibility for mental and spiritual health. Steve Hayes, a 21st century clinical psychologist and founder of one of the most popular psychotherapy approaches in the 21st century, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, or ACT for short, said, quote, Our nervous system does not contain a delete button. And thought and memory processes are too complex to make them neat and tidy. Building on this understanding, Hayes makes the case in his best-selling book, A Liberated Mind, that psychological flexibility involves several key pivots. With, quote, the word pivot in English coming from an old English word that referred to the pin in a hinge. 
pivots and hinges take the energy that is headed in one direction and immediately redirect it to another. When we pivot, we take the energy inside of an inflexible process and channel it toward a flexible one. If we learn to feel feelings as they are with openness, curiosity, and self-compassion, pain can be a powerful ally in living. End quote. For Christians, of course, we have our own worldview emanating from God's special revelation, the Bible, for making sense of the types of pivots we need to make in life. From my perspective, the ultimate pivot for Christian mental health is from an earthly to heaven, heavenly-minded or spiritually-minded perspective. In the New Testament of the Bible, in Romans 8, 6, we read, quote, to be spiritually-minded is life and peace. The Puritan Jeremiah Burroughs, writing several centuries ago, is quoted as saying, quote, a man cannot look up to heaven and down to earth both at the same time. There is an opposition between these two, between the earthly mindedness that has been open to you and minding of heavenly things. In his book, Spiritual Mindedness, the great Puritan theologian John Owen said some several centuries ago, quote, God is all in all. He therefore is or ought to be the only supreme, absolute object of our thoughts and desires. Other things are from and for him only. Owen goes on to state in greater detail, quote, the world is at present in a mighty hurry and being in many places cast off from all foundations of steadfastness. It makes the minds of men giddy with its revolutions or disorderly in the expectations of them. Thoughts about these things are both allowable and unavoidable if they take not the mind out of its own power by their multiplicity vehemency uh, and urgency until it can be unframed as unto spiritual things, retaining neither room nor time for their entertainment. Hence, men walk and talk as if the world were all when comparatively it is nothing. And when men come with their warmed affections, reeking with thoughts of these things, unto the performance of or attendance unto any spiritual duty, it is very difficult for them, if not impossible, to stir up any grace unto a due and vigorous exercise. Unless this plausible advantage, which the world hath obtained of insinuating itself and its occasions into the minds of men, so as to fill them and possess them, be watched against and obviated so far, at least, as it may not transform the mind into its own image and likeness. This grace of being spiritually minded, which is life and peace, cannot be attained nor kept into its due exercise. Nor can we be any of us delivered from this snare at this season without a watchful endeavor to keep and preserve our minds in the constant contemplation of things spiritual and heavenly, proceeding from the prevalent adherence of our affections unto them. So, a lot of words here from John Owen, who is considered among Protestants a theological heavyweight. So, a lot of complexities here, but really what he's saying, if we peel back the layers or clear the debris is that we often are preoccupied with earthly things and we end up really forgetting about heavenly things or spiritual things. 
and we need to contemplate such things. And this is life and peace, to quote Romans 8.6. So within these quotes, which come from both secular and religious sources, we can see importance and importance of psychological flexibility in daily life, especially when it comes to mental and spiritual health. But what exactly do we need to pivot away from and toward? Is it from ourselves to others? Is it from suffering to well-being? Is it from being preoccupied with the inner world to fuller, richer engagement with the outer world and a set of values or principles for living to guide life, as Steve Hayes of ACT has suggested? Is it from a preoccupation with the cares of the world? considered earthly-mindedness, to a more spiritually and heavenly-minded perspective, as John Owen and other Puritans have suggested in great detail. So in this episode, I'd like to make a case that, drawing upon the insights from both ACT and historic Christianity, that Christian mental health is about cultivating and maintaining the psychological flexibility to pivot from, few pivots here, self to other, capital O, other meaning God, then lowercase other meaning others, other people, loving God and others here. Pivoting from inner to outer, meaning being preoccupied with our inner world to being more engaged with our outer world and living out our values. And pivoting from fear to love. Guided by love as the ultimate value or more narrowly for Christians, the ultimate virtue This benevolent affection towards God and others, placing ourselves behind, doing good towards others with God at the center. So in doing so, we're ultimately pivoting from an earthly to spiritually or heavenly minded perspective. Doing so over and over again as we travel travel with the God of love on the roads of life. Just like we need to shift directions when we're traveling and heading away from our desired destination, as 21st century Christ followers, we need to regularly return to walking with Jesus wherever he would have us go, and whenever we have drifted away from the path he's chosen for us. And to do so, we need flexibility, with an awareness of what we need to pivot away from and toward, which makes all the difference in the world. Before offering an overview of what the secular clinical psychology literature has to say about the topic, I'd like to quickly share a personal story to drive home the salience of being flexible from moment to moment. So I could still remember the session. I was working with a young adult male client who was struggling with anxiety, so much so that he had a hard time getting to work each day and interacting with others. With social anxiety disorder, he was preoccupied with his relationships and other social interactions, worrying about saying the wrong thing and being embarrassed and ruminating on past conversations that he believed he embarrassed himself in. Quite frequently, he would spend evenings isolated at home, going back over the day to find all of his perceived mistakes in interactions with colleagues at work. He also spent his evenings worrying about the next day, anticipating that he would somehow embarrass himself, lost in his mind, and trying to avoid at all costs his anxiety. Yet, as he isolated himself and wished for the anxiety to go away, his life became increasingly unmanageable, to the point that feeling even the slightest bit of anxiety led to him trying to isolate himself at home, call in sick from work, and even hide in the bathroom at work for periods of time. 
During this session, I asked him, quote, what if you can learn to relate differently to your anxiety, not run from it? What if you can take it with you along for the ride? For this client, a light bulb went off since he began to recognize life did not consist of an overly simplistic, rigid dichotomy of living the life he wanted without anxiety versus missing out on life with anxiety. Instead, there was a third option, a both-and, not-either-or option of living the life he wanted and having anxiety, not or having anxiety. This session was a catalyst, in fact, toward many subsequent sessions of growth, with the client learning to be more open to his anxiety, which was a signal that was telling him what he cared about, his relationships, and he ended up being able to pivot with flexibility when he noticed he was getting rigidly caught up in a cycle of rumination, worry, and avoidance. As we progressed in our work together, I was able to help him learn to gently, compassionately, and kindly pivot from being preoccupied with himself to others, as well as from being led by fear to being led by love. To summarize our work together, he learned to be flexible relating differently to his anxiety, which never really fully went away. Yet, even with it, he could live the life he wanted to live by successfully pivoting as needed on the roads of life, noticing and shifting, noticing and pivoting again and again as needed. So building on this story, let's now turn to what the secular clinical psychology literature has to say about being psychologically flexible, as well as inflexible, before turning to a Christian viewpoint and short practice to round out the episode. So, according to the developer of one of the most popular forms of psychotherapy in secular clinical psychology, Steve Hayes of ACT, or Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, psychological flexibility is the cornerstone of mental health, whereas inflexibility may help us to better understand psychopathology, mental disorders, impaired daily functioning, and so forth. In his popular book, A Liberated Mind, he defines psychological flexibility as, quote, the ability to feel and think with openness, to attend voluntarily to your experience of the present moment, and to move your life in directions that are important to you, building habits that allow you to live life in accordance with your values and aspirations. It's about learning not to turn away from what is painful, instead turning toward your suffering in order to live a life full of meaning and purpose, end quote. Paradoxically, as we turn towards accepting our pain, this opens us up to living life, whereas when we turn away from our pain and try to avoid it in a rigid manner, this can actually derail life. So psychological flexibility consists of according to Hayes, being open, centered, and engaged. Open meaning being accepting with non-judgment toward whatever inner experiences, whether pleasant or unpleasant, emerge in the present moment. Centered meaning being anchored to the present moment, not lost in the mind, ruminating about the past, or worrying about the future. And engaged, meaning committing to and living out a set of values or principles for living to guide life, not avoiding life because of psychological pain in a rigid manner. 
More succinctly, we might say it is about learning to pivot as needed on the roads of life, not rigidly and inflexibly heading down the same well-worn path that leads us away from the life we want to live because we are avoiding the inevitable pain of life at all costs. In other words, psychological flexibility is about noticing and accepting whatever emerges in the inner world in the present moment then pivoting or shifting towards behavioral action that is guided by purposefully chosen values that can contribute with intentionality to the life we want to live. Conversely, when we're inflexible and rigid, we struggle to make the necessary pivots in life and instead rigidly keep doing the same things over and over again and relying on avoidance as an ineffective coping strategy. To capture the power of pivoting with flexibility, Steve Hayes of ACT offered a fitting metaphor. Quote, I once had a dog who would walk in circles while scratching the rug to prepare a place to lie down. Sometimes this ritual would go on for many minutes. The rug did not change with the scratching, but eventually my poor pooch would flop down virtually in exhaustion and sleep. Metaphorically, we walk in circles, watching silly TV shows, surfing the net, posting to our Facebook page while waiting for a sense of wholeness or peace of mind or purpose to arrive. The rug scratches of distraction, avoidance, and indulgence are not changing anything of importance. We need a place we can be comfortable. In the original uh, etymological sense of the word with calm, strength, fort, like building a fort from the Latin words. So calm meaning strength and fort meaning like a fort. Living with our strength in the world requires far more of us than distraction, avoidance and indulgence. If we want to find peace of mind and purpose, we will have to let go of finding a way out and instead pivot toward finding a way in. So we need to be flexible in recognizing when we're trying to prioritize comfort at all costs. This strength, this fort, if we look back to calm and fort, the Latin roots, and learn to pivot toward what matters, even in the midst of pain. So overall, psychological flexibility involves the mental ability to notice when we're stuck in rigid mental processes, then pivot toward being more accepting, loving, compassionate, and kind to ourselves, not harsh, critical, shaming, judgmental, or even violent and aggressive. Then taking action in life based on a set of well-developed values or principles for living, not being a slave to our dictator mind, as Steve Hayes of ACT might suggest. In terms of ingredients for psychological flexibility, in a review article from 2010, two psychologists summarized some of the key ingredients of psychological flexibility and advocated for it as the key component of mental health. Quote, recognize and adapt to various situational demands is one component. Quote, shift mindsets or behaviors when these strategies compromise personal or social functioning is a second one. A third one might be, quote, maintain balance among important life domains. And then four, quote, be aware, open, and committed to behaviors that are congruent with deeply held values. 
These authors go on to indicate that psychological inflexibility, conversely, involves the absence of these ingredients. In other words, rather than pivoting with flexibility to what matters most, we get lost in our own experience and are closed off and engaged in avoidance behaviors. We are on the sidelines of life, so to speak, not in the game, to use a sports metaphor, but it's because we can't adjust to the game unfolding before us with the needed flexibility. So in this episode, I'd like to focus on one component of mental health, namely being open, centered, and engaged as a three components of psychological flexibility and drawing upon the work of Steve Hayes. So to be open, centered, and engaged means once more, we're able to notice and shift whenever unpleasant inner experiences emerge. Not to avoid, but to notice, make room for them, and then gently pivot towards what matters, living a life of meaning and purpose and values. So for instance, if we're struggling with anxiety, we notice all of the inevitable anxiety-related symptoms that emerge on a daily basis in an uncertain, ambiguous, fallen world, such as worrying thoughts, rapid heartbeats, sweaty palms, and so forth. But rather than trying to rigidly get rid of these symptoms through avoidance, which doesn't work, we are actually open to them, displaying self-compassion toward our own suffering. So we're open. We're also centered, meaning we're anchored to the present moment, not worrying about a yet-to-be-determined future. And in doing so, we can observe from a safe distance whatever emerges in the inner world, whether worrying thoughts or anxiety-related emotions. And then finally, we're staying engaged with life, rather than moving to the sidelines of life because we're somehow convinced we can't live life until our anxiety goes away. So this process to be open, centered, and engaged involves flexibility in that we're noticing when we're beginning to close ourselves off to our inner experiences, worrying about the future and avoiding life, then gently pivoting to what matters most, living out our values, principles for living, with love guiding the way this benevolent intention, putting other people's needs first, prioritizing God and others on the roads of life for Christians. So what might this look like, being open, centered, and engaged, even when we experience chronic worry and anxiety? In terms of interventions to improve psychological inflexibility or to improve flexibility, mindfulness emanating from the millennia-old Buddhist religious tradition, has been researched and practiced in the secular clinical psychology literature as an event intervention for being open, centered, and engaged. In fact, in a popular review article for Psychology Today, Steve Hayes of ACT mentioned that upon examining over 50,000 studies on the change process in psychology, psychological flexibility achieved via mindfulness-based skills, which is really improving our awareness, openness, living on a set of values. This was the most important common change process. But how might mindfulness meditation help us to be more flexible? If mindfulness involves flexible attention or the ability to zoom in and out to what is most important, to use a camera metaphor, along with being present focused or being anchored to the here and now, not lost in our thoughts, reminiscing about the past or anticipating the future, 
As a third ingredient, if it involves awareness with non-judgment of whatever thoughts, feelings, sensations, memories, and images are emerging in the inner world. And as the fourth ingredient, acceptance or non-judgment of whatever emerges in the present moment. If these four ingredients, attention, awareness, acceptance, and so forth, If these are present, it's easy to see how it can be helpful for cultivating and maintaining psychological flexibility. So if we're mindfully breathing, we're focusing our attention on our breath and all related sensory experiences with non-judgment, gently bringing our attention back to our breath with compassion and kindness whenever our attention has inevitably drifted towards something else, whether a thought or feeling in the inner world or sound or other sensory experience in the outer world. And over time, we're learning to be in the present moment, anchored to our breath. And we're learning to accept whatever emerges in the moment, doing so with a non-judgmental, open curiosity, which can be applied to all of our inner experiences. In turn, when anxiety, depression, and so forth arises, we can apply our insights gained from mindful breathing to relate to anxiety and depression in a similar manner. So when we struggle with low mood, for instance, we can't just notice it with an open curiosity, kindness, and compassion, then gently pivot to living out a set of values, shifting ever so gently from self to other and fear to love. Again, this is psychological flexibility. So to summarize, psychological flexibility is about being open, centered, and engaged, pivoting from avoidance and rigid, ineffective strategies on the sidelines of life to getting and staying in the game. Mindfulness can help us to cultivate and maintain flexibility given we are developing the skills of attention, awareness, present focus, and acceptance. Yet for Christians, we really need to recognize that what we pivot towards and away from is key. So next, I want to make the case for the flexible pivot from an earthly to spiritually minded perspective for Christian mental health. We need that pivot, but what we turn from and towards is key. So although psychological flexibility isn't mentioned, much less defined in the Bible per se, I believe the essential psychological pivots that Steve Hayes of ACT mentioned are extremely important in the Christian life. As Christ followers, we need to have flexibility too, from moment to moment and step by step, engage in multiple pivots, including pivoting from our inner world to our outer world to follow Jesus, pivoting from the self to God and others, and then pivoting from fear to love, with love being central, love guiding the way. God is love, and we are to love. Or to be more succinct, we need to pivot from earthly to spiritually mindedness or a perspective. In my own book, Christian Meditation and Clinical Practice, I reviewed key Puritan writings, such as the previously mentioned book by John Owen, to come up with a definition and ingredients of each. So I define earthly mindedness as, quote, a past to present oriented, distracted mental state, preoccupied with the worries, uncertainties, and sufferings of the temporary physical world and struggling to maintain an awareness of a transcendent spiritual reality, including heaven as an actual place and a real relationship with the triune God. 
On the other hand, I define spiritual mindedness as, quote, a present to future oriented mental state of hope, prioritizing a moment by moment awareness of both a transcendent spiritual reality and heaven as an eternal permanent place wherein Christians will find their true home free from suffering and experience a perfect face-to-face communion with the infinitely good, wise, and powerful triune God. So for 21st century Christ followers, flexibly pivoting from earthly mindedness to spiritual mindedness involves several shifts from the past to the future meaning we're flexibly pivoting from ruminating about the past to a hopeful future, wherein we will eventually be face-to-face with God in heaven. We're also pivoting from self to other, meaning we're flexibly pivoting from being preoccupied with ourselves to loving God and others. We're also pivoting from an understanding that our suffering is permanent to temporary, meaning we're recognizing that the pain we're currently experiencing is temporary, And we can walk through it with God by our side. We're also pivoting from hopelessness to hopefulness, meaning we're recognizing that although we currently live in a fallen, broken world filled filled with suffering, we will eventually be with God where there will be no more suffering, pain, or death. We're also pivoting from meaninglessness to meaningfulness, meaning God has a purpose and a plan for us and he will work all things out for good, as Romans suggests, even in our present suffering. As a few more pivots, we're pivoting from a material to transcendent reality, meaning we're aware of a spiritual reality beyond this fallen, broken world to keep things in perspective. We're pivoting from far to near, meaning God is with us right here and now, not some passive, distant, impersonal impersonal deity. And then finally, we're pivoting from passive to active, meaning God is with us and active in our life, which means we can walk with him as a trustworthy traveling companion along the roads of life, even when they're dangerous. So consistent with Acts' focus on psychological flexibility and being open-centered and engaged, as 21st century Christ followers, we can be open to the inner world because we are a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, We can be centered because God is with us right here and now, and we can be engaged, meaning we can walk with God, the God of love, wherever he would have us go, following his perfect will because he is with us and will never abandon us. So overall, flexibility involves pivoting from an earthly to spiritually minded perspective from a a Christian viewpoint. And this involves noticing with non-judgment and compassion the cares of this world especially when we're preoccupied with them, including the temporary psychological pain we might be experiencing, then gently and compassionately and flexibly shifting towards a greater, more transcendent perspective wherein God is with us, seeing us through and refining us even in the midst of pain. And to do so, Christians can turn to biblical meditation rather than Buddhist mindfulness meditation, to cultivate and maintain psychological flexibility and a spiritually-minded perspective. So with this understanding in mind, let's now turn to a short practice via Christian meditation, using the previously mentioned verse in Romans 8.6 to notice our unpleasant inner world, then flexibly pivot toward a spiritually-minded perspective. So to begin... 
Find a quiet location free from distractions, sitting up straight in a supportive chair. And when you're ready, begin to notice whatever unpleasant thoughts, feelings, sensations, memories, or images may have emerged within your inner world. Doing so with an open, non-judgmental, compassionate curiosity. Just spend a minute noticing your inner world without needing to do anything. Just be open to it. Because the God of love is with you right here and now, there's nothing you need to do other than just notice, be open to the pain and his presence in it. There's no need to avoid the pain in some sort of rigid manner. Instead, just be open to it because God is with you. Now begin to gently, slowly, and softly recite Romans 8, 6 within. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And whenever you notice your mind has pivoted away from the verse and become distracted by something else, whether a pleasant or unpleasant thought, feeling, sensation, memory, or image, just gently, compassionately, and flexibly return to the verse. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Again and again, notice the inner world, then flexibly pivot toward to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And as this practice comes to a close, Thank God for revealing himself to you via his word, the Bible, and ask him to help you maintain the flexibility needed to pivot from an earthly to spiritually-minded perspective as needed throughout the day, especially when you're preoccupied with the cares of this temporary world. Because we are sojourners traveling home to our final destination to be face-to-face with God in heaven, we can have confidence and hope 
When we arrive, there will be no more pain, suffering, or death as the book of Revelation is revealed. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes again and reorient yourself to your surroundings. To conclude, psychological flexibility is key for mental health, which includes being open, centered, and engaged, and pivoting from self to other, inner to outer, and fear to love, among other important pivots. For Christians, we are to have a spiritually-minded perspective with a transcendent and personal God governing all things, which means we can trust that our temporary suffering is by no means permanent, and we can walk with him through suffering as we head with him to our final destination, wherein he has prepared a place for us. As 21st century Christ followers, we can flexibly pivot over and over again from an earthly-minded perspective with a mind filled with the cares of the world to a spiritually-minded perspective, viewing God at the center and seeing that he has a plan for us even when we suffer. My prayer is that you're able to cultivate and maintain psychological flexibility to, again and again, pivot from the self at the center to God at the center, which offers true life and peace. For Christians, rather than using Buddhist mindfulness meditation to cultivate psychological, psychological flexibility, Christians can turn to our own religious heritage, meditating on the Bible to maintain a more transcendent, spiritual perspective, step-by-step, moment-by-moment, and day-by-day. If you like this episode, please share it with others. Consider giving me a good rating on the various podcast platforms and join me again for another episode of The Christian Psychologist. Thank you.